Welcome to Modern Animism, a holistic spiritual path. I'm Laura Giles, your host for today's show. Thanks for being here. Last week, we talked about power and the divine masculine. And today I'm talking with Isaiah Gabriel about how women can walk tall and proud in the divine feminine awesomeness that we are. We all have masculine and feminine energy, so guys, don't sit this one out. We could be talking about something that helps you to be a better son, father, partner, or help you get in touch with your feminine energy. So let's acknowledge and give gratitude to the elements, the ancestors, so we can get started. I call to the element of earth and acknowledge and thank you for giving us a home, providing us with food, stability, strong foundation, and sensuality, and all the wonderful things that comes with being physical. I acknowledge and thank the element of air for giving us stability and the ability to attach, detach so that we can be effective in our communications and relationships. Air, I ask that you help us say what we need to say and hear what we need to hear. Thank you. I acknowledge and thank the element of fire for giving us this hot sun that so many of us are cursing now in the middle of summer. This beautiful fire that brings us warmth and allows us to have cooked food and makes the seeds grow. Thank you for the power and responsibility you give us that keeps us balanced. I acknowledge the element of water and we've gotten lots of rain with these tropical storms. So thank you for all the rain that allows creatures to stay alive. And thank you for allowing us to go with the flow and flow around obstacles, be patient and keep moving. Acknowledge and thank our loving, helping ancestors from the human, plant, animal, and mineral realms. I thank you for all the help that we receive that is both seen and unseen. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. We got a bump in listeners in South Africa, of all things, last week. So not sure what's going on there, but I want to give a shout out to South Africa and say thanks for checking us out. For anyone tuning in for the first time, if you want to lean in, please check out our private Facebook group where we can chat. We also have an online animism class at pansociety.org if you want some help or guidance in developing your animism path. Now let's welcome our guest. Hi, Isaiah. Hi. So glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So um, you talk about a lot of the same things that we say at Pan Society. So we have a lot in common. And how did you get started in working with women? Well, I... Hmm. Well, it's, it so happens that I have a husband and I have two sons and something like 20 years ago when um, they, my kids were small, I felt like I was, I live in a remote place in France in the middle of nowhere. And it seemed like I was only having conversations with men or little men, tiny yeah. men. Uh-huh. And I thought, you know, where are the women around? And uh, so I started to get interested in how could I meet other women? And I joined a red tent. Uh, I didn't stay very long uh, because um, I created my own very soon enough. And so I kind of called the divine feminine into my life to um, add more balance into my very masculine oriented life. I was working construction jobs and yeah, and very intellectual things on the other hand. Um, and so I needed some crazy, divine, feminine, chaotic energy. And I called it in. So for those who don't know what a red tent is, can you kind of explain that? Yes. Yeah, so the red tent is a movement um, that, um, oh, that's, that's very fascinating because um, um, it's one of those things that happened 
simultaneously in various countries in very various parts of the world and each part of the world says oh we made we invented it we created it so there's a bunch of, of women in france who think they created it there's another bunch in america who think they created it and another bunch, bunch in australia so you pick <laughs> but the idea is here i um Uh, my heritage comes from the American uh, society, although weirdly enough, you know, I'm French. Uh, so there's this woman called Anita Diamond, and she wrote a novel called The Red Tent. Uh, it has been turned into a TV show, I think, um, a small miniseries. And this book um, tells the story, the fictitious story of a woman that is a character from the Bible, Some, some remote character. I think she's a daughter of somebody who is in the Bible. I don't remember. And what happens is that she belongs to a Hebrew tribe and they are nomads. So they change location every day or every week following their um, sheep, I think. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and uh, um, so they have tents, right? And every month during the full moon, I think, or, or the new moon, I don't remember again, They put up a special tent that is a red tent, and this is for women who are menstruating. And so during this menstruation time, because all women on, in the tribe kind of menstruate more or less together, they are forced, and you can see my air quotes maybe here, <laughs> they are forced to live in this red tent for a week, I think. And what happens is obviously... Um, It also means that they do not have any other duties in the tribe. They're not supposed to be cooking. They're not supposed to be doing anything because they're, quote unquote, unpure. And so they are locked in this tent. And what happens is they start to enjoy it tremendously, obviously. You know, put a, bun a bunch of women together. They will create a society, a circle. They'll start talking. They'll start knitting, massaging each other's feet and in a modern society, doing each other's nails, basically. And so from this idea of this red tent in the, fict in the fiction book, um, there's this woman called Alyssa Storkweather, and she said, this is a beautiful idea. We need one of those in each neighborhood, in each village. We need a place for women that can go into a red tent and just be. Uh, and so she created a red tent in Boston, Uh, or in, in the suburbs of Boston, I, I think. And from then on, it kind of took over and the thing became bigger than her, bigger than uh, the French ladies who created the red tents um, and bigger than the Australian ladies. And now it's, it's all over the world. And the idea is that any woman can open a red tent Uh, some tents open, some others are open 24 7 365 days a year um i know a red tent that is actually a house and there are two women living in there and you can go anytime and the idea is that the red tent place sorry is a safe place for women to be and each word in this sentence is crucial so It's a place, it's a space to start with. And so the woman who uh, holds the space is responsible for this space. Then it's a safe place, meaning it, it can also be a refuge for women who need to leave wherever they are, their home, 
for a while or forever. <laughs> so they can proceed to the red tent. And it's just a place to be, meaning you can do whatever you want and maybe nothing. And there are red tents who are a conversation. So they're traditional, if I, if I may say so, women circle. So women talk together. There are red tents where women create patchwork or quilting together. There are red tents where women sing together. There are red tents where there, are, there is a sleeping area. So if you just want to go there and have a nap without being interrupted by your mundane life, whatever it is, this is what happens. And there are red tents that are tiny, like a little tiny room in a house for two hours a month and red tents who can, which can um, welcome as many as 2000 women. So in huge gymnasiums. And the point is we as, as um, facilitator, if you want, uh, we decorate. A red tent is not just any space, it's all red. So you get in there and you have this back into the womb sensation. So it's just a safe place for women to be, to be without any male presence and to be there and just see what happens when we unite uh, and we come together. So yeah, that's in a short um, explanation, if you wish, but it's really something that needs to be um, experienced more than explained. And so if you get any chance, uh, you can, there's, there, uh, I think there's a, a word directory now uh, that you can type red tent directory online and find red tents in your neighborhood. Yeah. So how do you define women for your purposes? How do I define women? Well, uh, I think women define themselves to start with. <laughs> I'm not here to define other people. <laughs> you know, I define myself as a woman. Uh, and that's fine enough by me. Um, you know, I think people are welcome to define themselves. Uh, if you define yourself as a woman, you're welcome into my red tent. Okay. And do you have Does that any make sense? Inspiring... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have any inspiring stories? So I've seen the movie, The Red Tent, and there's also a movie about the movement, and I've seen both. And yeah. uh, the movie about the movement has a lot of inspiring stories about how it helps to heal. And you're right. I think you do have to experience it to get it. But do you have any um, stories about uh, that you can share without, without encroaching on someone's privacy um, of something that's happened in one of yours? So, so many and so little because it's, you know, healing and, and discovering who you are can be so huge and so tiny. Um, I don't know. One of the things I'm thinking about is one of my <laughs> very best friends who is coming to my, has been coming to a red tent with me for quite some time now. She was, um, so it's a weird healing story. She is married to a man whose name means house in French. And she never could buy a house. She never could afford a house. She never could find a house for herself. And so she came to the red tent and really was uh, putting the intention to create a home for herself and her family. And she was all, always into these rentals or having problems with houses. And, and well, I'm lucky to report, I'm happy to report that she has now a huge 
Um, there's, I know of a woman who um, healed her um, chronic fatigue uh, and chronic pain mostly uh, by just addressing her need for rest, oh. uh, for a deep, profound rest, just not just sleep. Um, we sang songs to a pregnant woman who um, did not have to have uh, any medication to go through her um, rather long birth uh, um, labor thingy. I don't sorry, English is my second language, so sometimes I don't know the words. So yeah, so we sang song for for this woman, and then when she actually uh, went to go into labor, she didn't need any medication and she said she was singing with us in her head and in her womb uh, which I think is so beautiful mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah many many stories one of the things that is for me the most powerful is that I am happy and proud to say that in many red tents uh, mine in particular or the ones that I facilitate in particular we have different ages. Uh, so we have very young women, as in uh, 16, 17 year olds, and very uh, mature women. Uh, we had an 84 year old woman uh, once, and that was amazing, you know, that, that we can communicate through um, uh, or despite, if you want, the um, the age difference and, and the cultural differences that might appear uh, between age groups. Yeah, things like that, a lot. <laughs> anything in particular, you, you mentioned the, um, the red and being in the womb. And for a lot of cultures, the, the red tent is about menstruation, as you said, like it states in the book. Um, so do you, do you have any particular um, rituals or things that you do that support uh, women who are no longer menstruating, whether in, in the red tent or outside of the red tent? Well, it's, it's um, you know, the, the color red that is used for the red tents is, is, of course, that of the blood, but it's also the idea to recreate a womb that women can come into and visit. And so it's also, uh, I should have said that earlier on maybe, uh, most red tents are um, decorated with cushions and, and soft uh, material so that you can really relax in it. Uh, as far as your question is concerned, I personally, I am in menopause now. So um, I am no longer bleeding. But um, I strongly believe that once a cyclic, forever cyclic, and that as women, we uh, are, are cyclic women, we uh, can connect ourselves to the cycle of the moon. And so that's more tense when not open, uh, choose the time of the month where they are open or when they are open according to the cycle of the moon. And so mine are usually during the full moon um, because I am in no condition to facilitate anything during the dark moon. I usually want to retreat in my own personal cave. <laughs> and I don't want to facilitate anything, but there are many red tents uh, that are held during uh, the dark moon. And so the, the, the rec reconnection, if you want, to the cycle of the moon for women who are not bleeding anymore uh, brings back the, the energetic cycle uh, that we can connect to and feel 
this cyclic nature, which is like uh, the breathing nature, which for me is is the basis of the divine feminine or the yeah the characteristic, if you want, of the divine feminine as opposed to the divine masculine. Not opposed as in a war, but as in this is the main difference between men and women, uh, or between the energetics of men and women. Uh, men are linear and women are cyclic. And so it's both um, a, a huge difference. And I consider, but I'm a woman, <laughs> that we have a superpower, that the cyclic thing uh, we have and we have in our bodies and we have in the moon. And we also have in, we can reconnect even to a wider level to them seasons, which uh, again, reproduce this cycle um, that we have in our bodies. So, but I believe it, it transcends the body. That's why I'm saying even after menstruation stops, um, you can connect to the, loon, to the moon, moon cycle. Sorry, my English is getting lost. <laughs> and what would you say is the biggest factor that separates women from the divine feminine today? The fact that they try to uh, be, act like men. I agree. I agree. I think that's the worst. <laughs> the fact that they forget that the cyclic nature means that we uh, have four different energies that live uh, in our cycle, like four archetypes that would dance in our cycle. And this is the power. This is the superpower. And what most women do, and I was this woman, so I'm, I'm really, you know, very qualified because I've been there. Um, I, you know, amongst the four archetypes, the, the first or one of the first, you know, if, if we take it in, in turn, it's the, the maiden archetype, which is linked to the pre-ovulation phase uh, to the springtime and to the rising tide, to the waxing moon. So this archetype is in particular. Uh, so she's the dynamic maiden. She, she's a go-getter. She's all in. She's got these ideas. And then she's got this very strong self-confidence. And she goes and she goes and she goes. And she never rests. Does that remind you of anyone? Yes, of men. <laughs> because uh, they, she, like men, has this tendency to go from point A to point B. And this is fine, but it's only one week out of four. And the other three, if we don't acknowledge the other three archetypes, the other three energies, and we stick to this maiden energy, which in our society, in the modern world, like in the corporate world, she is, the maiden is really easy to live with because she can, she can literally act like a man. So, but if we try to, push this archetype to be the whole of, of us, sorry. It means that um, there is no room for the archetypes and we kind of kill, if you want, symbolically, obviously, um, the other three archetypes. And then there is an, an imbalance, a very, very strong imbalance. And that shows we have wombs that cry. We have wombs that are suffering. We have all these new diseases um, that affect um, either the lower abdomen or the womb itself. And those are because the, the, the cyclic nature of women is being denied by women themselves. And I know I've been there. <laughs> How important uh, is a womb and menstrual blood to the experience of being female? Because for me, that that is the connection to the cycle because you know you're cycling with the moon you're cycling you know the, as the energy waxes and wanes you see it out in nature as well yeah 
Absolutely. For me, the, 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 the nature of, if I, I don't like the nature, the word nature, but how can I say that? The, um, the characteristic, if you want, of, of, of the feminine is this cyclic nature and thus the menstruation. And, and the denying of it is just, you know, the, the, the commercials with the blue blood in the Tampax, it's just driving me cuckoo nuts. <laughs> I can't say anything. You know, this is, come on, this is 2021. How, how long are we going to pretend that women bleed blue blood, translucent <laughs> blue blood? You know, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah, it's, it's just not presented factually or, or naturally. It's like women are supposed to be, I don't know, pristine and we don't bleed and we, I don't know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, you know, it's like women are supposed to be men. Yeah, uh, it one is. other it place is. where you where you can see that is in France, we're very, very um, se um, sensitive to fashion, as you know, because, you know, we, we think we invented fashion. <laughs> but and if you look at, at the models they look like 19 year old young men yes no breasts no ass no hips uh, and so it you know this is what this society shows us as being the most beautiful woman it's a young 19 year old man yeah I rest my case you know <laughs> this is not what a woman is a woman is a cyclic uh, person and she has four different energies. She has the maiden, then the mother takes over, uh, then the crazy enchantress takes over and wants to, um, you know, do all the magic things. And then the crone takes over and the crone might be the most <sighs> taboo archetype because the crone needs a week off every month, basically. She needs to be in her cave and think about herself and be in her inner world. How can the corporate world accept that? Obviously yeah. not. Yeah, that doesn't work so well. No. <laughs> Unless you're self-employed. <laughs> no, uh, but even, you know, if society was, was okay and we have to make it okay, uh, it doesn't mean that all women will hide for a week every month. It means that we have to give them some wiggle room to be in a different way of dealing with their bodies than a man would. Yeah. But for now, we're not yet there. Um, so that's why you and me are working, I think. <laughs> and can you talk a little bit about the enchantress? I think that's another uh, energy that we don't really honor. In the enchantress is, is indeed the most unloved of all of, of the four of them by women, which is the worst uh, possible thing. Obviously, so we have the mother. The mother is a very um, loved archetype. Uh, you know, even in Christianity, we have so much of the mother energy and she's fine. We have the crone, as I was saying, she's unknown. She's forgotten, but she's not disturbing. The enchantress on the other side is really highly disturbing. She is annoying because she is, she's connected. So just to put things back into perspective, she's connected with the waning moon, with the season of uh, autumn uh, and with the post ovulation phase. So what that means is that this energy, this archetype uh, is or, or represents a woman at the moment where the, there is no egg to release 
And so basically she can have sex with no danger of procreation. So she's got the magic, right? She's, she's got the magic. She can create anything, but she's not in um, uh, possible, I don't like the word danger, but you know, risk of becoming pregnant. So this is magic, right? And that's why the Enchantress is linked to the fall season and all the magic season, like Halloween and, and All Hallows Eve and, you know, all these um, Sawain energy, uh, which is obviously, again, the magic time. And But the, the Enchantress has got this, that she it, she's a downwards energy, right? We go from the mother, which is full on, full moon, uh, full in light, to the crown, which is... Uh, at the bottom of the labyrinth in the dark. And the Enchantress is the way down, but it's not a smooth way down. She will have peaks of energy still and want to create all the magic. And then she will have peaks of um, not energy or even of um, emotions. And we will call that PMS, right? And we will call that, oh, you're still going to have your period. That's why you're so annoying today, honey. <laughs> you know, and so uh, I think that that's why she's uh, the the most disturbing archetype, and often the most unloved one. It's because she is not she is she doesn't fit in to anything. You know, the maiden fits in with the men. Uh, in she can be in the men's society. She's connected to me in in my little personal way of seeing the world with the goddess Artemis. The mother is connected to all the motherhood and we, we agree in society that women can be mothers. We enhance and encourage them to do so, which is fine. I'm not having anything against it. But so the archetype is okay. Then the crown is, oh, we agree that we hold, women can, old women can retire basically in the dark. That's all right even if we don't want to know anything about them, but, you know, that's all right. But the Enchantress, what? Well, she's still alive. She's still going and she still wants to have sex and wants to be alive. And she's got this magic. Annoying, you know, hide her, put her in a box. But I think, like you had said earlier, a lot of that is what women do to each other and to themselves. I think it definitely starts with to themselves because it starts with uh, non-awareness of this. There is no, um, in our society, I don't know about um, before because I wasn't there, although sometimes maybe I was, but I don't remember everything. <laughs> um, but today uh, there is no transmission. Uh, there is no transmission of the symbolic, of the ritual uh, aspect of uh, menstruation, of what a cyclic nature means. My mother didn't explain to me. Uh, she at all was not explained by her grandma, by her mother either. And so we grow up not knowing of the, of the magic of the cycle, of the superpower that it is. And then we ignore it. And we even go up to shaming other women who might have yeah. become aware of it. Yeah. And I yeah. believe that awareness is the key to everything, you know? Yeah. You mentioned Artemis. Does having a goddess honoring practice help with that? For, for me, anything that will help you or me, for that sake, 
um, get in contact with these different archetypes that are in our cycle with the different energies that we can um, discover and then harness uh, anything will help that will help that is is, is a good idea uh, as for me I'm Greek of origin and my mother used to tell me the stories of the goddesses when I was a child so it was like I didn't have my Barbies were named after all the Greek goddesses basically <laughs> and and they had fun on, on a place called Olympus <laughs> you guessed it <laughs> uh, I, I used to you know I, I, I made them tiaras and, and things like that so for me these the, the goddesses were just like everyday life uh, and just like my friends and when I got I became aware of the, of the of the superpower of the cycle and of the archetypes and when I got educated uh, I realized that the each archetype connects with the goddess very deeply. So that works for me. It doesn't mean that, you know, these Greek goddesses have to work for everyone. Uh, mm. But like the feminine, the basic, the four feminine basic archetypes, the Greek goddesses have been around for 6,000 years. And their archetypes also speak to us uh, even if you're not Greek even if you don't know them as good as I do or as well as I do um, they will um, to a certain extent talk to you or to any woman now I know very well enough that there is uh, god there are goddesses all around the world uh, and I believe that we can find um traces or reflections of the four base feminine archetypes into each of these goddesses around the world from Yemanya to um, Mavu in Africa to the Celtic goddesses or to the Greek ones as I mentioned earlier on. Mm -hmm. So I think like you said the the moon circles the red tents are really good ways to connect with women but you also have uh, women only retreats um, what would you say are the advantages of doing that? Well, what happens uh, during red tents or um, moon circles or even retreats is a different energy settles when there are no men around. And I'm, I don't have anything against men. As I was saying, I have a lovely husband and two lovely sons. <laughs> but uh, the energy that is that settles really, and it takes some time. So that's why a red tent that is a monthly thing or um, women's circles that sometimes are monthly or weekly, it takes some time for this energy to settle and for women to kind of breathe into this strictly feminine energy and magic things happen. And if you can do that uh, on a retreat, so a few days uh, or a week, um, and depending of course on what you do during the retreat, what you actually have um, activities. Yeah. But the sheer fact of staying amongst women opens up different ways of feeling the world, of talking and um, and one thing that is for me crucial is that women understand very fast when they are put together that this is not a competition between women that there is a sisterhood a sisterhood sorry uh, that is a natural and I, again I, I'm not sure about the word natural but that is kind of inherent when we are put together, we start f 
feeling how much similar we are and not um, in a competition. And usually the competition is about the man. <laughs> you know, um, I, I remember being in a, in a strictly feminine workshop years and years ago. And at some point there was a, a server in the restaurant we were to and in the retreat area. And this guy was quite kind of cute. And it was Im immediate how all the women was, were like, you know, look at me, look, I'm pretty, look, <laughs> you know, <laughs> doing her hair and all of us, me included, you know, like, and it was like, oh God, okay, that's, this is it. And this is very old <clears throat> um, primal behavior, you know, of uh, if I get the man, I get the protection, tribal even behavior. And so this disappears when there is no men around, when there are no men around. And that is a good idea. <laughs> now, what I do on, um, what we do when we go on retreats, and obviously we haven't for a while. Thank you, right. Mr. COVID. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I usually go um, and, and take women with me to visit um, sacred places mm -hmm. and to connect with the earth uh, on, on the ley lines or on temples because the ancients knew where their sacred places were built. This, they were not built randomly. And so when you walk across Stonehenge or the Greek temple of Athena in Athens on the Parthenon, these are places where you can feel the energy of the land and of the, the humans who have celebrated and, and done rituals and ceremonies uh, at this place so if we can connect to that we can connect to some primal energy that is um, awesome basically <laughs> do you have a favorite place i have a favorite place yes it's the temple of artemis um it's uh, temple of artemis in vravrona which is um by the sea near athens in greece this is one of my favorite places um, I'd go for uh, also the Cliffs of Moher in Ireland, but don't get me started on places because, you know, I'm a traveling, <laughs> I define myself as a traveling priestess so that I can, I can find a lot of places I would like to go so again. <laughs> Sorry? There's so many. So many. Yeah. Yeah. So many. I had, I had a, an intense revelation visiting the Cathedral of um, St. Sophie in Istanbul. She's not a cathedral anymore, um, but you know this. This is wow. This is some magic place, and I remember a temple in Kyoto as well. So you know, there's so many places, and there's a nice little well that is the, just two kilometers away from my house, mm -hmm. who does it as well, <laughs> because that's the magic. You think you see it's it doesn't have to be. And, and maybe that, that's one of the, the major things that I believe that it doesn't have to be complicated um, right. or far away or remote. You know, it's in my body. It's in on the earth. So if I can connect, uh, I, I told you I was I'm lucky enough to live in the middle of nowhere, which means we have no uh, lights at night. And it's the it, it was the dark moon or the new moon a few days ago uh, when the sky is. Um, not cloudy, which it is at the moment, but when it's not, uh, I, if I lie down on, in my garden at night, I can see the whole of the stars and it's like, wow, you know, you know, and I can feel connected to this amazing thing that is way bigger than me and yeah, and receive from that. Yeah, it's humbling. 
Yeah. Uh, is there a story or a myth that um, you hold as an example of femininity perfected or idealized version or something that we could um, kind of use as a guide? Hmm. As a guide for for what? For emancipation? For, um, connecting with your your ultimate feminine self. So all of the archetypes, you know, the whole thing, the wholeness of femininity. I think it's, I think it doesn't, uh, I'm trying to, to find a way to explain that. Um, I think it's, it's one, one, uh, one awareness after the other. It's like, for me, I always figure that out as um, something that I would start from my feet and go up and on each level of my body I will find another one of the archetypes if that makes sense mm -hmm. and so it's like you know when you do these meditations with and you go each chakra up well I start mm -hmm. lower than the first chakra actually I start with the feet um, and I consider that the connection with Gaia so with the earth uh, mm -hmm. is the first connection to the the, the, the archetypes and, and if we can visit each layer or each level um, up to the crown chakra and even higher, then we can connect to, to um, this amazing channel or, or conduit that we are for energy to go up and down. So to go up from the earth to the sky, which is the feminine energy and to go down from the sky to the earth, which is the masculine energy. And when we are fully open to both of them, then it's highly enjoyable. <laughs> So what about guys? So, no, I, I, sorry? So what about guys? I know you don't work with guys, but do you have any advice for men for how they can tap into the feminine energy um, to become more whole? Because we have both. Yeah, obviously. Um, no, I don't have any advice. And I will tell you why. Uh, I don't have any advice because basically I am amazed by men, but I don't understand them. Mm -hmm. they, they're like a foreign country to me. Um, okay. and I, I love this foreign country really I'm interested to visit but um, and and I would like the only thing is that is I would like for them to have this same curiosity about about women you know to be interested in learning how women function and that would connect them with the divine feminine so but that's the only thing I can say because um, they're so fascinating and completely different you know, and, mm -hmm. and I have no um, resentment to them, just to be specific, you know, uh, I'm not in one of those feminists who say it's all men's fault. I think yeah. it's, you know, this is the way it is for now, but we are open to changing it. And I think the, the one way to change the way the world functions, as far as the balance of masculine and feminine is concerned, is to literally, um, go and discover like like america like columbus discovered america you know the other the opposite sex and go and say you know who are you how do you feel oh <laughs> how does that make you feel oh that is interesting let me write this down and you know and maybe come back to it and uh, oh you'd feel differently last week than this week Ooh, you're a woman <laughs> you know and and so yeah i think Opening up to that, uh, I have advice for women who want um, the men in their lives to understand this um, crazy cyclic thing that we go through, you know, um, okay. 
you can create, for instance, um, mag magnets on your fridge uh, that would say which face you are on so that the whole family knows, you know, if you're in, in, your, in the enchantress face, people will leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, you know, um, I had at, at one point I had three magnets on my fridge uh, when I was uh, fully menstruating. One was for my own cycle where I was. One was for the moon cycle and one for the sun cycle. So, so that, you know, I could, me and the rest of the members of the family could see where I was because it's not that simple. And I think we, it's our responsibility also to educate the men in our lives. You know, we, we, we can't just sit and say, oh, but you don't understand. Well, explain then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So, um, do you have any events coming up? I know we got COVID. Are, are you back in business? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm actually coach online. Uh, so the online coaching and the one-to-one -one coaching is open because thank you Zoom, we can work remotely. I do run um, red tents at this minute. Red tents, which are not now. We, uh, but at this moment, I only run them in French. So if you're French speaking, you're welcome. <laughs> but uh, um, and uh, since it's July and uh, school holidays and, and so on, I'm kind of in a, in a pause. I am um, I am prepping. OK, I'm going to tell it to you, but you don't say it to anyone else. Right. <laughs> I am prepping a big workshop for uh, September that is going to be either online or offline. Um, and that is called Blood milk and water the three uh, basic fluids of the feminine of the divine feminine awesome so it's all about working with those three because i believe we we talk a lot about water blood less and milk not right. at all yeah. and i think the three of them are connected and the three can form the trinity of, of the liquids of the divine feminine so yeah this is happening and, and also so sorry <laughs> And also I have this, um, I, I have um, been creating programs online since we are, yeah, in France, we're still in, in half lockdown. Uh, so I've been creating programs with uh, each of the goddesses. So to visit the archetype deeply by uh, working on one particular aspect. For Athena, we've been working on planning and organization and strategy. Um, for Demeter, we've been working on creativity and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm building a whole academy, if you want, a whole um, big school of learning um, how to connect with the goddess archetypes and how to harness their power in your life. And how would people find out about that? Do you have a website? I have a website. My website is isaiabell.com. Can you spell it? Yes. Like my name, Isaiah. So I-S-A-Y-A and then Bell, B-E-L-L-E.com. Isaiabell. Well, thanks for joining us. If you want to in animism and deepen your animist practice, you can check out pansociety.org. Post any questions on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you are, we are. <laughs> um, and we loved your feedback and would love hearing from you. And I'd like to Amazing. close by sending gratitude to the elements, our loving, helping ancestors for being here. Thank you all for joining us for this edition of Modern Animism Radio. And don't forget to donate as we do need your financial and emotional support. And you can do that on our website at pansociety.net. Thank you for tuning in. This is Laura Giles for Pan Society Radio. Thank you, Isaiah. And we'll see everybody next week.
Thanks for having me. Thank you.